Basement Fodder, the only show that I just clicked record in order to record. I'm done. I'm dead. And we're back, as always, from the crap-laden basement of doom, because I've say, been yeah. lazy lately and I don't feel like cleaning. <laughs> it's alright. <laughs> the whole basement looks like your couch right now. <laughs> Covered in shit. <laughs> I feel like all I do is wake up, do work, nap, <laughs> rinse, repeat, like, <laughs> so... I yeah. time to do much of anything at all. Last week, I had worked overtime all the time, so yeah, it was pretty much just like work. Yeah. And this weekend, I was pretty much doing shit from the time that, you know, mm-hmm. I got off work Saturday until today. Like, yeah. uh, Ariel and I made our first live in-person show appearance since fucking November of 2019. Uh, yesterday, we did the, uh, the Jim and Dan show out at Wright State University. I had a fantastic day. Uh, picked up some interesting comics that I'm, I'm ready to dig into. And um, but apparently had a much better day than most of the other folks that were doing Yeah, the, I was about to say, from there, what you're telling me, they were talking about it. Apparently, they did not have a great day. Ariel and I had a fantastic day. Did really well. Sold a lot of stuff. Had a lot of game players, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, we got a visit from uh, our friends Bobby and Yvette. Uh, of course, you... You guys probably know Bobby from his podcast, Nerd Fix Strangers. Um, an event from her um, crafting. She makes those awesome little wrestling buddy dolls. Those are really cool. So uh, we got to chat with them for a bit, and that was great. We got to see our friend Sarah, uh, Sarah from uh, Roma Collectibles. That yeah. was awesome. Had a good time. Uh, had some Taco Bell. Regret it. Uh, except for, I tell you what, dude, I'm not going to Taco Bell ever anymore. Except for this one fucking in Beaver Creek. Like, because uh, not only was everything in my order that I ordered, yeah, but Ariel wanted something that they don't make anymore, and the dude was just like, it's cool, I'll homebrew it, don't worry about it. I have never once heard that. <laughs> like, unless you have a friend there. Like. Right. And then I got nachos, and you know, you've seen the nachos that you get from Taco Bell. They have like a pile of toppings in the middle, yeah, and then nothing. Like, but this dude, like, they were layered, they were, like, just filled with toppings. I was like, I swear to God, dude, I'm never going to any fucking other Taco Bell again. Hey, you want to get Taco Bell? I don't really feel like driving to Beaver Creek right now. Like, it's an hour away. Especially after the fucking Friday night hellish adventure we had trying to do do Del Taco. Oh, yeah, I got told about that story. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to have to fucking tell this story. I didn't even think about it until now, but I'm going to have to. So, um... If you're long-time listeners, you know that Dave and I love Del Taco, and Ariel has become a big fan of it, too, but they don't have Del Tacos around here. Nope. Um, the last time I had one was when I was back out west. Fuck. Yeah. Um, now, like, oh, this is about six months ago, they put one out in, uh, where is it? Bell Fountain. Bell Fountain. I would and say, yeah, probably. I don't know if it was six months, but at least. That's a like good click three. away from here. Yeah, it's about uh 50 minutes yeah about an hour-ish away so i'm like yeah i mean like it's an option but and we did it once like right when it first opened up yeah um dave's girlfriend was nice enough to bring us out some that was very nice (laughs) (laughs) from that area but yeah um so errol's like well they've been open for a couple weeks so they just opened one out in whitehall which is probably about 20 minutes from here yeah um 
she's like, they've been open for a couple weeks, so they should be okay. Like, the lines, you know, should be less, you know, belligerent by now. Because, of course, around here, like, Columbus is a big restaurant town. It's a test market kind yeah, of place. Like restaurants, so, fast foods, a lot of stuff. Yeah, so there's, like, a lot of buzz around restaurants when they open here. So, like, there'll be these massive lines and shit. Especially if it's something brand new to the area. Yeah. And so... Especially brand new and has, like, a good reputation mm-hmm. outside. Like, everybody knows about it. And they're like, oh, shit. You know? And everybody in Columbus is, like, really excited to get Del Taco. Because it's a great place. I love Del Taco, okay? Like, there's no other place that I can think of that you can go for tacos and burgers and fucking crinkle fries and shit in the same place. Yeah. It's great. So we go out there, probably about... We left the house probably about, like, 7.20 or something. We got there about 10 to 8. The line was, like, at the end of the parking lot, like, looping around. And it, so it was it was probably about 15 cars or so, at least. Yeah. And we are like, uh, probably, like, how long is it going to take? You know, how long could it possibly take? It's a fucking fast food line. Yeah. Sat there. We didn't move at all, except for when cars were leaving. <laughs> like, cars were saying, fuck yeah. it. And at some point, like, we kind of toyed with the idea. About 45 minutes in, we were like, <laughs> we could probably just park and go inside. Because the inside was open. Yeah. But we didn't really see many people going in and out. So we were like, well, maybe it's just not any better in there. Yeah. Like, the people were just sitting in there waiting. All told, by the time we actually got our food and left, it had been two hours and ten minutes. <laughs> you literally could have drove to the one in Bell Fountain, got your food, and, and drove home. And mm-hmm. we we watched the lady go through and quality check it. And Ariel's like, well, well then we don't have to worry about looking at it. Because like, I, I sat there and watched her do it. Yeah. Okay, get home, order's completely wrong. Yep. And we're missing all of our fries. <laughs> God and like, damn. So we sat in the fucking car for over two hours, and they still, as slow as they were going, fucked our order up. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to kill somebody. <laughs> so uh, I'm like, man, there better not be a fucking survey at the bottom of that receipt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you were, like, talking about <laughs> yeah. constantly, like, if you do this survey, I'd be like, oh, I'll, I'll do, do your motherfucking thing. survey, bitch. Yeah. Like, could have done the survey a couple times, <laughs> waiting for my food, motherfucker. <laughs> I could have watched a full fucking movie in the time that it took to get through that line. The guy in front of us did. We could see his fucking, like, uh, phone on his dashboard, literally watching a movie Yeah. in the time it took us to get through this fucking line. Yeah. And they still fucked up our order. Not a, not a good first impression for Columbus there, uh, Del Taco. I'm sorry. Okay, well, let's be a little fair. Where they decided to put this Del Taco in, in Columbus, unfortunately, it was not. <laughs> yeah, it's right in the middle of a shithole. It was not a great choice, so you're not going to get the best equipped workers. Um, so, yeah. But, unfortunately, from what I've seen, because this is, like, what happened on our trip when we went down to Cincinnati and we wanted to go to Jack in the Box, Mm -hmm. but we read the reviews and basically they're like, don't, because they're not open, because no one... Yeah, there is a void of people wanting to work right now. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that, or, like, competent workers and shit like that, and it's like, well... They certainly didn't snag any of those. I know, (laughs) well, they're about one click above, like... (laughs) 
Would you rather a place not be open or be open and get shitty service? I like, could have gone to the Taco Bell 14 times and they could have fucked my order up 15 times somehow, magically. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I could have went, got it, went back, got the shit that I actually <laughs> ordered, went back home, fuck, they fucked it up again, went back and got it, and I still would have been home quicker than when fucking the Del Taco. <laughs> and, they, and they still gave us the wrong food. Yeah. So, fuck, you yeah, know, not for a while. Not for a while. No, no. I would, I'm going to wait, like, six months and maybe try it again. Well, like, even even when um, the one in Bellfountain opened and shit like that, I was like, cool. They're like, oh, yeah, it's open now. And I'm like, okay, cool. I just wanted to know when it opened so I can then give it, like, <laughs> a time period from that. Like, cool, uh, a month from when it opened, I will actually go to it's it. Like, I thought, like, three get weeks would have been enough, but apparently fucking not. Like, Jesus. And it was awful because, like, it wasn't just, like, there were so many people it took forever. It took forever because they were so slow. Yeah. Like, you would, we got up to the mic, like, the person in front of us got up to the microphone, and I, I timed it. It took 20 minutes for them to even talk to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude. Are you understaffed? Have you ever worked fast food in your life? Like, are you understaffed, or what's going on here? Like, there were at least six people in there that we could see through the window. I don't understand. And several you- of them were doing nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. what the actual fucking fuck? Yeah, that's kind of a new thing now. Where's your manager? Let me hit them in the head. <laughs> like, I'm Let me gonna, throw the wrong I'm going to tase all of like, the motherfuckers. Like, I could have went in there, learned their entire system, learned how to make everything, and it. started making it faster than they could make it. Yeah. Oh well, doesn't matter. Fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck you, Whitehall Del Taco. Like I, I'll give you a chance to redeem yourself in a couple of months. Yeah. And if you fuck me again, then I'm just I give up. You're, you're done. I fucking give up. Taco yeah. Bell fucks me enough, except for Beaver Creek. I fucking love you. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't even promise fries. You guys know. Y'all, my, y'all, motherfuckers got crinkle fries. <laughs> of course, there is an Arby's directly next, and they to have the Taco crinkle Bell fries now, and they now have crinkle fries. So, Beaver Creek could be the solution to my Del Taco craving. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Except for, unfortunately, I, I will have to say this, like, Del Taco's meat actually tastes like meat, as opposed to whatever the fuck Taco Bell uses. And I like the taste of whatever the fuck well, Taco I Bell don't, uses. I don't, get, I don't get meat from them anymore. Like, I just do the black bean. The black bean is great. Yeah. But, like, yeah, the, the difference in quality is pretty staggering as far as ingredients go when it comes to, like, Del Taco and Taco Bell, like... Yeah, oh yeah. The quality of the food is much yeah. higher at Del Taco. Yeah. But anywho, that's a bunch of random talk because I'm stoned. But yeah, like, I was like, <laughs> had much oreganoing. I do, as I probably mentioned before, I don't like pain medication, and I've been in a lot of pain lately. I've had a lot of back spasms. And yeah, I'm probably leaning a little too heavily on the herbal remedies or whatever, but I don't, I can't take painkillers. No, that's yeah. pretty much the only solution I've got. So, had a good time with Jim and Dan's. Had a hellish time in the fucking Del Taco line that never ended. <laughs> it was like being in, it was like being in purgatory. Yeah, like, I once read a horror story in a story collection book where like these guys had robbed a bank and gotten shot, and then they got stuck in traffic, and it turns out traffic is hell. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I kind of really can fucking relate to that story. (laughs) It really did feel like hell. (laughs) But why are we talking about Del Taco when WWE is just bringing the fucking hits and has released, count them, 14 more people this week? 14! 
Now, now granted, this not list... As, not as a, a fucking jaw-dropping list like yeah, last the time. the list is not as staggering this time. But actually, okay, it is in a different way, I think. They've cut less of, like, the big names, but this list is, like, more developmental people. Like, a lot of developmental people and a lot of guys who've worked there for a long time. Yeah, like, these are, like, your workers and your, like, up-and-comers that they've gotten rid of. And it was like, really? So we'll go through the list. Yeah. Um, Killian Dane, who was part of the Sanity Stable and was actually the only person left, I think, from the Sanity Stable. Yeah. Who had been working mostly in NXT at this point. Yeah. And doing programs there. He's been released. Which is crazy, because he went through a body transformation mm-hmm. and, like, kind of, like, slimmed down and got in a better shape and shit. Yeah, he'd been tagging with Drake Maverick and, like, had been involved in kind of, you know, a couple of stories and yeah. shit. So Nikki Cross is now the only person left from Sanity that's still working there. Yeah. And now they she's morphed into some weird butterfly superhero thing. I don't even know what the fuck's going on. I have no fucking clue. Which apparently was her idea, which is even more puzzling. Yeah, well. Uh, Fandango. And Tyler Breeze. Yeah. Both guys who've been with the company for quite some time. Yeah. And had, you know, a pretty successful mid-card gimmick. Yeah. Several different times. Yeah, like, they were pretty well over as what they were, especially after they teamed them up together. Yeah, but unfortunately, uh, they were hurt. One of them was hurt for a long time. Yeah. I think that probably definitely, you know, worked into it. That's true. Uh, Arva Javari, who is uh, your classic wrestling fan, or more classic, is uh, Daivari, Sean Daivari's brother. Yeah. Uh, who had been wrestling on 205 and then, of course, on NXT. Yep. Also released. Uh, Tony Nese, same thing. Also uh, a 205 guy that went to NXT. Yeah. Former Cruiserweight champion. Also released. Um, but the tag team of Ever Rise, I'm not really familiar with them. No, but I thought that they said that they were actually like either they were the tag team champions or they had just been the tag champions on NXT. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't say they've ever been champions, but they were pretty heavily featured. Oh, okay. Um, Arturo Ruas, who kind of had an MMA style gimmick. Yeah. Um, the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guy. He was released. He's been there since 2015. Yep. Uh, August Gray, another cruiserweight guy from NXT. Um, the Singh brothers that used to be with Jinder Mahal. Man, and this isn't the first time those motherfuckers have been released. Like, yeah, I was kind of surprised they were still working there, yeah. to be honest. Marina Schaefer, she's another one of those four horsewomen that were friends with Ronda Rousey that kind of never worked out and finally got the shit can. I was about to say, to be honest, i not surprised. Someone named Kurt Stallion, who I've never heard of. Yeah, uh, it was, was apparently in developmental and had been in Evolve before. Yeah. Uh, Tino Sabatelli, who I am familiar with, a uh, pretty good worker, but a guy who's never gotten up too high. Um, he used to be an NFL football player. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's all of the more current ones. Yeah. Uh, like again, no big shocking like. Oh my god, I can't believe. Why would this be? But like, it's ever not, since this new uh, guy took over, like as their uh, the guy like that had a wrestling and stuff, uh, Nick Khan. Yeah. Ever since this guy's taken over, they've been releasing people like that, like just left and right. Like this guy is house cleaning like a motherfucker. Well, I mean, we talked about this before, and like you said. When all that shit happened with like AEW originally coming out and everything, WWE went on a fucking signing f- 
Fury to pick up just about every person they thought could be a viable option for AEW, and then basically wanted to, like, <coughs> you know, bench them mm. all, pretty much. And I think maybe this guy's kind of like, cool, that backfired real bad on you. Mm -hmm. You spent a lot of money on people you didn't utilize, you know, weren't making you money, and AEW still went over like fucking gangbusters and yeah. shit. So he's like, here's what we gotta do. And they're cleaning a lot of house, but the thing with the choices on this is like... I, I don't know, because... If you look at, like, the scope of what's left, they've gotten rid of a lot of the developmental guys, a lot of your workers, and all they really have left is the names. It's like, starting to get that way. Like, they've really gutted NXT. Oh, NXT, I... I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's a cockfight between Triple H and this guy, or what the fuck the deal is, but, like... Uh, I did read an article where it's like almost immediately, like right after they let Joe go, Triple H personally called him and was like, I need you to come back. Like, that was fucking stupid. I yeah. want you on NXT. So, I don't know what's going on. I think, like, the upper management tried to fold 205 just back into NXT, and Triple H had already started trying to move NXT in a different direction. Yeah. Nobody really knows, but it's like. I feel like WWE just needs to give up on cruiserweights because and I hate to say not like employing them, but like trying to focus on them because they they don't know how to do it and they just it never succeeds. It never does. They fail the, the cruiserweight is, is like they do so better many times. They do better when they just are regular members of the yeah. fucking locker room. But like when you start trying to section them off as like cruiserweights and shit, the, the average like, WWE fan doesn't want to watch that kind of wrestling, which. Fucking makes me sad, because cruiserweight does. wrestling is some of the fucking most high-impact, high-speed wrestling I've seen. Like, some of your best lucha stuff is 205 stuff, you know? I mean, you're you're going to be hard-pressed to find a luchador that's fucking over, you know? But the problem is that all these guys are in the WWE system, and they're expected to work that style, so you're handicapping them. Yeah. Because all the guys that are working the cool cruiserweight style are out there in the indies, or in AEW, or Impact. Or back in fucking, like, Mexico, yeah. or Japan, Jakara, all that stuff, like... Well, not Jakara, because they're done. Well, not Jakara, but I mean, you know what I mean, as far as, yeah. like, yeah. you know, in a... a uh, a setting where that style is like the focus and shit like yeah. that. Whereas you got these guys like, we want you to wrestle this way and do this. It's like, okay. Well, the thing but, is also like conditioning your fan base at, at some point works and you fucked yourself because you've conditioned people that are your WWE fan base for years that these tiny guys don't mean anything. And what it, what the real action is the big guys and like, there's no respect for the small guys, and you fucking, uh, like, nothing against Hornswoggle, because I love the guy, but you make Hornswoggle your cruiserweight champion, or fucking 65-year-old Chavo Classic, or whatever, you devalue any interest that might be generated in this shit. Yeah. You've taught people that it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. And that, it back when the Monday Night Wars happened, like WCW, people hadn't seen a lot of that stuff, or, you know... The WWE fans would have kind of been like, you know, 
trained to not care for it and stuff. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh shit, what's this? And you're watching like Ultimo Dragon and Billy Kidman and fucking, you know, a lot of guys that were doing a lot of crazy stuff. <coughs> and it was a way to see a lot of different styles of wrestling. Yeah, and what does WWE do then? They bring back the light heavyweight title and then they anchor the division with guys that will never in a million years get over. I hate yeah. to say this because he's an insanely talented guy and he's very, you know, he's been over for a very long time in Japan, but Taka Michinoku yeah. is not the guy that you're going to make a fucking or, star out uh, of. Crash or Holly. Crash Holly or... Spike <clears throat> Dudley. This is way before that. I'm talking like... Before, no, but I mean like, those guys. Too like... Hot Scott Taylor and fucking Brian Lawler and yeah. shit. Like, these are not the guys... Who are going to make you a successful light heavyweight or cruiserweight division? I'm no, sorry, they're yeah. talented guys, yeah. but they're not guys that anybody would ever give a fuck about. Mm-hmm. The biggest, the most over that Taka ever got was during the fucking incredibly racist Kai and Tai Godzilla movie gimmick. Ooh, like, shit. dude, indeed, yeah. you know, yeah, like. They've added crazy. a ton of talented Japanese guys, a ton of talented you know Mexican guys and stuff over the years. But the only cruiserweights that have really ever gotten over in WWE are guys like Mysterio or, hell, you could really even count Shawn Michaels in there because he's about that size. Yeah. Kalisto was probably the closest newer guy that was able to get over. And that was a forced push. Yeah, Like, was. Ray got over organically. This was a forced push. It they was. were trying to make him Ray. They were. And it, I'm not going to say it worked. I'm not going to say it didn't work. It was like very mid a lot of people liked him, and he had some good moves and stuff. But then he got fucking like he just got fucking saddled with uh, fucking Sankara, like and man, you want to talk about you take somebody as good as Kalisto, who like can do a lot of amazing things, can sell great, does a great thing, and then you stick him with like one of the worst Sankaras there was. That gap just becomes a giant fissure, and you mm-hmm. see the degradation. Of, like, <clears> you know the thing with Triple H is like he's done a lot of great stuff since he's been doing the NXT thing, but he's had two of the biggest, most public, most embarrassing failures in as being in charge of talent. Yeah, he had the original Sin Cara, Mystico, and fucking uh, Kenta Hideo Itami. Like, two guys that you heavily publicized made huge deals out of signing. Like, these guys were going to be the two big next things. Like, cause, and, and in their own environments, amazing. Yeah. But brought them in, and then pff, a wet fart. Yeah. Both of them. I would say for different reasons. For though. different reasons, yes. Because, uh, like, Tommy, a lot of it was like, he wasn't adapting to the style, and he got injured. And then Sakara. Uh, with Mystico, Mystico again really had a hard time getting away from traditional lucha style, and then again injury prone. But then also just didn't really know how to get over. Like the difference between Mysterio and a lot of the other guys, the lucha guys, is that Mysterio is you know Mexican and his family is from Mexico, but he was born in California and yeah. he you know doesn't speak with a heavy accent and he does have personality and yep. he can speak English really well like not to mention like and the, it sucks it sucks yeah it does suck but the thing with Mysterio too is he's also got legacy in mm-hmm. the sense of like not just like family legacy but like he 
is a legacy from WCW, and a lot of people will remember like memorable moments, like when he tried to stand up to the outsiders mm-hmm. and got fucking thrown like a lawn dart, like mm-hmm. a lawn dart into a truck, or when Paul White as the giant literally like around his entire neck lifted him up in the air and then like slammed the shit out of him. Yeah. And he still, like, tried to fight and stuff. It's like, it's almost like a mythology because, like, the older wrestling fans would be like, dude, Rey Mysterio, like, and they'll talk about these things mm-hmm. and shit like that. So he was colorful like a superhero, was high flyer, great with the fans, could talk, could do promos, had that, like, little guy who never gave up heart and had a mythology to him. Like, basically, he was the perfect you know, like mm-hmm. mold for that stuff, and and he was he had a, had a great ability to mesh all the styles that he yeah, knew. and also like he changed up his look a lot, like especially he was and all all those different looks in WCW, yeah. all those different WCW, looks in WCW. He was a traditional lucha, and yeah. then he did something that a lot of people were like very like oh shit uh, he was part of the one of that group to unmask yeah and it's something that he fought really hard at the time and felt like if he didn't do it he would lose his job and at yeah. that time you know he felt like he couldn't go anywhere so he just kind of went with it and he's one of the few luchadors that were allowed to put their mask back on yeah like you know by by his actions of going down, basically, and talking yeah. to people and, like, apologizing and being going like, through a lot of yeah, shit. and be like, hey, this is what... Mm-hmm. I basically was going to lose my job, my livelihood and stuff. It wasn't my choice. Yeah. And uh, came back, reinvented. Hell, one of the little guys who got bigger, who got, like, to a size that mm-hmm. they wanted, kind of destroyed himself doing oh, it, yeah. and but was then got back to a better weight, came back, like... You know, yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't pay to be assigned to these guys if you want to be a cruiserweight. No, cruiserweight tag team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I feel bad. Like, there are more hodgepodge tag teams than legit tag teams. Like, they love taking a legit tag team that has been like a a unit tag team, and then just destroying them storyline wise firing one of them and then taking that guy and sticking him with other some other fucking talented like Otis and fucking Otis uh, and Chad Chad Gable Gable are probably like the fucking quintessential story of like what the fuck you had two two tag teams that in their own rights were doing good were doing great like as tag teams they were fucking like wrecking the shit out of it and stuff like that and then you took one member of them and came up with the most fucking retarded ass storylines until you either like elevated the one and destroyed the other or the storyline ruined the one's chance forever Yeah, like and you're left with fucking the two the sad thing about it is the two that you got left like are probably amazing performers, but you have given them some of the worst fucking gimmicky shit. Like Shorty G, Shorty fucking, G. and then playing the like, ooh, the hot girl 
got the crush on the fat boy thing and like ooh he does the like dancing and shit like that like I love Otis Otis is a fucking very charismatic very quick very strong like big guy mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of like young Vader and not like look but like in movies no I see that yeah like totally that. Chad Gable reminds me a lot of like Charlie Haas and like some mm-hmm. of these good collegiate like wrestlers tiles and you just ruin them. That's the thing with Vince. He's so stereotypical and he has one story for everything. Up your tag team story's gotta be that you uh, you know fight with each other and eventually split up. Uh, if you're one a fat guy, you have to fucking wiggle around and do be you know wacky fat guy dance or whatever, like fucking yeah. Brodus Clay or like Bastion Booger or some shit, like or fucking like something grotesque, like yeah. uh, what they did with Mark Henry and Sexual Chocolate or yeah. fucking Mabel and shit, like. Hey, and if you're fucking short, we gotta make fun of how short you are. Yeah, give you weird short names. We or gotta go out there and be like, be a star, and don't bully, except for if you want to make fun of short people or women or black guys. Yeah, yeah, like, that's totally fine. Like, I just, I'm so, uh, the fucks that I do not have for the idiocy of this shit. I love tag team wrestling. I love women's wrestling. I love all those things. They have nothing that appeals to me at this point. No, they've basically destroyed most of what they they have. And (laughs) we talked about why we think this has happened, too, because Mm -hmm. we talked about during the period where... XFL was coming back and doing their thing. Vince was more hands-on with XFL and less on wrestling. So Stephanie, Triple H, everybody else was more hands-on, was able to control. You had more of the like women's revolution being pushed, more of the NXT revolution being pushed, like developmental guys, independent guys, things like that, and it was great. Then the XF, like the pandemic happened, XFL fucking fell through, Vince comes back to like, okay, let's get, like, and dives back head first. He's got that big fucking unrequited boner from the XFL that he's got to shove into the WWE. Yeah, and now you see all of that same ass shit that Mm -hmm. we had started to get away from get right back to where it is. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's kind of sad. Honestly, Eddie Moore, it's just like watching... I would say it's like watching the Titanic sink in slow-mo. Yeah. It is really what it is. Because it's like you get s- small glimpses of like something good that might happen. But you know well enough that it's just going to get destroyed. Yeah. The Hurt Business, it got dissolved, basically. Mm-hmm. They got rid of the two other members to just make it a Lashley solo thing yeah, and stuff. And I'm not saying that Lashley doesn't deserve a solo thing. That's great. You know, him and MVP. But there was like, why go through the whole thing? There was no reason that they couldn't have just been a awesome, dominant faction like they had been. I, they had the tag belts. They had the world title belt. Like, the shit was fucking... It, they had a stranglehold on the championships. They did. It was a good story. It made sense. They were over as fuck. Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander were, are both great workers that work perfectly for this. Yeah. You've got an awesome tag team. you got your main event guy, and you got your badass manager. What else could you ask for? And then Vince is like, no, that's too cool. We can't fucking do that. Like, people might actually like that shit. Yeah. But you can keep the New Day together for like six fucking years, dancing around fucking with dicks on their heads and throwing pancakes at motherfuckers. 
It's Ugh. because, like, there's a lot of... <laughs> I don't know how to say this without it being like... Honestly, it, it, it does feel very much like a, you know, no, no, we can't have the scary dominant, you know, people of color faction that's too much so like we can have the ones that are funny kid friendly and dancing around that's fine but the ones that are literally kicking everybody's ass and like destroying them and shit you know what that sounds like that sounds like too much like when the nation of domination was the nation of domination and kicking everybody's ass and shit and you don't have an Ahmed Johnson to fucking shove your hand up and start fucking Jim Hensoning to go against them and shit like so what I, what I feel like you're saying, and man, I'm really sorry if I'm wrong, but yeah. Vince McMahon is a racist? Oh, no, not at what? all. What? No, no, not at all, no. No! The, 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 the man responsible for Saba McMahon, Simba? The McMahons have never been anything but just, I mean, you know, so what about Akeem so. the African Dream, buddy? Like, obviously, <laughs> showing massive respect oh for having a big God. fat white guy dress up oh like a fucking dashiki. my God, I... Come on, buddy! Oh, God, that... Like, holy shit, some of the stuff that they've done. Our truth's entire career in WWE, nah, it's not racist at all. (laughs) You know what, though? God love our truth because, like. (laughs) That he's willing to fucking uh, perform a minstrel show to feed his family? No, no, that like that he can literally take this dumbass dribble that they give him. Shit that honestly, even by fucking standards that, like. Only Vince will laugh at. Mm-hmm. And because he's such a good performer, he'll get it over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that just shows how good of a fucking like actor, stunt person, wrestler, performer he is. That he can take that shit and turn it into something that like he can kind of like... And the benefit that he's getting from it is he's had a job for a really long time. And yes, he had. Paid no, really his well. name was not on that list. And, uh... <laughs> the you 24-7 know, champion. The fact that he doesn't really even have to wrestle anymore, like, there's no real wrestling involved in this division. It's just, like, guys trying to pin each other and shit. Like, yeah. it's the shittier version of the hardcore division. So, like, basically, he gets paid a lot of money to not have to really wrestle and be all over social media and have fun. I don't know. You know, like... like <laughs> I know we like to say that, but god damn it, I like, I go back and Dude, look. Dude, at least they had matches. Like, there's no <laughs> matches in this. They don't even Did they bother have, having matches. They had them. matches in the very beginning, and They then, still had matches all the way through. It's just like there was rando shit after the matches and before it, the matches. Some of, like, a good majority of those matches really pretty much just dissolved into chasing each other around the ring. Dude, at least there was an attempt other. at a match. They don't even try to have matches for this. It's just the same five fucking goobers chasing each other, and they got fucking uh, old dude dressed as a ninja, again, because they're racist. Like, fucking, and these poor dudes that follow him around. First of all, I can't even tell you their names, because they're so fucking interchangeable. Oh, yeah, no. Like, you could have told me that the ghost of Roddy Piper was in there, and I wouldn't have fucking known. Because it's such a worthless division, like... It's just it. No one gives honestly, a fuck. Honestly, it's the Three Stooges division. Yeah, it is, and like, like it's funny when you watch it, I guess. But like, like literally, that that's the matches is. Whoop, 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 you know, but you like, realize because of this, our truth is now the most decorated champion in the history of wrestling. No, he's, like no, seriously, no, 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 he is. He's had like forty eight reigns as fucking. 24-7 champion. That's not a real goddamn... I do not count this as a real goddamn thing. This is just 
a fucking... Archer's out there putting Ric Flair to shame with fucking championship brains and shit. This like... is a... This is the longest running fucking joke that has ever been. Like, <laughs> well, if anybody ever tries to be like, yeah, yeah, the 24-7 title. And I'm like, no, this is just a... This is a fucking, like, Three Stooges belt that somebody has convinced... Dude, Maria Menounos was the 24-7 champion. Fucking 80-year-old Pat Patterson. 75-year-old Gerald Briscoe. Like, fucking... Random still, brown bunny or whatever the fuck the guy's yeah, name is. I, yeah, I, bad bunny. Yeah, there you go. And uh, the old spice brown bunny guy. is that Vincent fucking whatever movie. Yeah, the, yeah. the old spice guy. The old the spice guy. guy. The old spice guy. Yeah, some motherfucker is, on Good Morning America. Yeah, like, the thing is, you are not going to convince me this is a legit title in any way. I don't care what Vince or Stephanie or any McMahon or Helmsley is going to say. Oh, They're like, I'm not going to look at this thing ever with the same like credibility. That I would look at, like, even the most low-tier card title <laughs> and shit like that. Even the hardcore title, which it's, like, half made of toilet paper and shit, <laughs> was still a legit title when it started. This is not. This was, like, this will never be a goddamn legit thing to me. This is, like, just haha funny shit. Like, Dirk's karaoke belt has more prestige than yeah. fucking... Because there's a legit competition for Take it. Take a shot. <laughs> like, I, I feel just, like this uh, whole belt, like this whole fucking division is just dudes de-pantsing each other and then fucking <laughs> rolling them up and taking their titles and shit. Like, if this was even remotely a real thing and shit like that, I would be like walking around like fucking Mayweather and shit. And motherfuckers <laughs> getting close to me, like get the fuck away, get the fuck away, like Glock. Just no, 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 no. We ain't no, no wrestling, no nothing. Get the fuck away from my. This myself. whole division is Crash Holly in the fucking Fun Town or whatever. Yes. Like with the hardcore belt. Like, it's just it's just a bunch of fucking in, in my dudes, head man. it's the it's the worst dream match of Spike Dudley versus Crash Holly uh, in fucking oh just my stupidity but yeah I don't know but hey I mean keep seeing his cut list Archer's name's not on there so no I mean, no no that's like his best <laughs> fucking friend you know it is what it is but the thing is is like <laughs> I have no hope for what is going on because, like, now they're cutting so much. It's like, cool, I get it. You fattened up the 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 lineup, but now you've cut so much you can see the bone. And I'm yeah. like, where where are you going? Like, what are you gonna do? I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, so uh, you think we're gonna see more cuts then? I would not be surprised, honestly. Yeah. Like I I wouldn't be. I I honestly expect some of these cuts to have. Like more names, yeah. Like, yeah. There's still plenty of guys that are that have a job, but I'm like, I can't believe he's still employed. So. Yeah, we all watched Drake Maverick cry on TV to get a mm-hmm. fucking job back, and he did. But I'm like, cool. You ready to cry again, motherfucker? Because like, I don't know. Like, you know. Well, on to more nerdy news. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you take the wheel on this one because this is a story that you brought to me. Oh, okay. So uh, it, in Columbus, we have a, a local like gaming convention. It's most people know in the tabletop community know of like board games, tabletop, all kind of card games, all that stuff. Know about Gen Con. Gen Con is probably 
the biggest, it's where everybody goes to like debut their new stuff. Well, Columbus has one, it's called Origins. It's, I would say, you know, in that like area of it used to be an upper tier yeah, thing. For sure. It's kind of, Glory Days may have been behind it, I don't yeah, know. To um, an extent. But there was uh, a situation that I just saw posted where the Origins Gaming Convention and the uh, governing body behind it have basically chosen to uninvite and not allow uh, the newly... I, I don't know if it's like newly brought back or whatever. It's, it's a, a story. very convoluted It's a very thing. convoluted story, but TSR, which a lot of people know TSR was the originating company that D&D, mm-hmm. D4, all of that stuff, well... It was the original premier game. Yeah, it was the premier right. gaming thing. Well, it the name TSR has been cha- like uh, moved through a lot of different hands, and unfortunately the hands that it belonged to right now <laughs> have made some very controversial um, you know social media posting to the point that uh, Origins being a more... The gaming community as a whole being inclusive, is, very inclusive. is very inclusive because honestly it should be. Uh, it, you know, there are, I know there are old fogies that say, you know, that like shit needs to go back to what it was in like the old olden days of gaming yeah. and shit like that and like, you know, whatever. You play your game, let other people play their game. Right. Doesn't matter. But um, they had made some very, like I said, controversial comments. Some uh, homophobic, some transphobic. Some just there's a lot of them. You can usually you can look them up and find them. Um, but because of that, Origins being a more inclusive thing has decided that they are not going to I think they, it was either they were not going to invite them or they rescinded the invite to the convention for them and basically were saying that you will, you are not welcome at the convention and I think even to go so far as saying like, you know if you try, we have you removed or something like that but either way, they're just, they're not going to be there and this sparked a lot of like the old old guard versus the new guard, you know, in the comment threads for a lot of people. Uh, you know, you've got your conspiracy theorists that think it's all just, you know, marketing, you know, taking advantage of social trends and shit, and then some people being like, No, honestly, in the olden days these games were not the most like not nearly as inclusive it's a different and time. shit like that. Yeah, and, and that's not a good thing. one. And not a good one. So there's, it's really kind of brought out that rift between, you know, old school, new school type of thing. But I will say, it's good to see uh, a convention, a organization, whether or not they were trying to like, you know, market off social trends or not. I think it's a good thing that they basically are like no. We are about, in, you know, inclusivity, mm-hmm. and we have, uh, I, I forget what their motto is, is like, uh, everyone has a, t- or we have a table for everyone and everyone at a table kind of thing like mm-hmm. that, where it's like, gaming is for everyone, doesn't yeah. matter, because the thing is, it doesn't matter who's sitting at the table, 
you're all making different characters mm-hmm. anyways. I know f- I have friends that almost all male friends who only play female characters. Mm-hmm. I've got mm-hmm. other friends that play other type of characters. Like, it doesn't matter. It's like no one is actually playing themselves at these things. You're yeah. making up a character... And you're just like, let's see where it goes. You're let's... okay with people pretending to be goblins and elves and shit, but you're not okay with them fucking pretending to be, you know, having their character be a trans character or a fucking, you know. I, just I was like, like why yeah. does it fucking matter? I was like, so I'm playing a goblin that prefers the pronouns of they, and now you're freaking out, but like, if it's a I. Fictional character. <laughs> like, fictional. It's fucking. It's not real. These goblins and Urukai and shit, they're not fucking real, man. I love gaming. Yeah. But they're not fucking real. Like, there are characters that we've done through tabletop and stuff that feel fully fucking realized mm-hmm. to me. That, like, I... It's like it's a person I knew, or, like, part oh, yeah. of my life or something. Am I a giant seven-foot fucking no. Hunari? No. But <laughs> Am like... I a fucking awesome dwarf? No. Yeah. Jesus. Like, it just... It's really... But it's cool because, like, you create these characters, you get attached to them, you get attached to the other characters, mm-hmm. you, you live out perspectives from another person's shoes. Yeah. Like... It's, it's about escapism. Yeah, well, that and just, like, living other lives and stuff as far as, like, seeing... Some people want to do that. Some people want to go through that thing where they're like, I want to see what it's like to, you know, live this person's, you know, life and see how they would... To be a halfling and be, live in a campaign where they hate short people or, like, this type of thing, you know? Like, people love Drist. And Drist is, like, a ra- you know race that everybody fucking hates and stuff like that. But, like, he became a hugely popular character and stuff. Like, it doesn't matter, man. Like, and I don't understand the thought in that, like... You, tradition isn't a bad thing, but when you do stuff like this and then put the moniker of traditional and this and stuff like that, all you're doing is just, like, debasing... The word, as far as I'm concerned, like the thing is, like ultimately, what does it mean, like to the gaming community? Yeah. And then, realistically, because of this convoluted shit, like what you would think of when you think of TSR is not what this TSR is. No, but what that's you would the think thing. of is, um, you know, traditionally as TSR is a completely different company. Yeah, that is now going under the name Top Secret. Yeah. Um, they had uh, owned the rights to the name TSR a long time. It's one of Gary Gygax's sons. Oh, Luke Gygax. Luke, that runs that company. And through some kind of, you know, really a clerical error on their part, they let their rights to the name expire. Yeah. And Gary Gygax's brother's son snatched up the rights before they could renew. Yeah. And then they started leasing the name back to them, basically. Yeah. Like, licensing it. And then, but then they started promoting that they were going to be doing releases with the old TSR logo. Yeah, and Which so I that's believe when there's like a really shitty Kickstarter that's about two years behind. That's yeah, like they have released nothing. Yeah, they have nothing to the name. Like, mm-hmm. and so much of this shit has gone that Luke has basically like tried to distance mm-hmm. himself now from that name. Yeah, you know, to be like we are not because Luke. I've seen interviews with him. He's a great guy. Like, he believes yeah. a lot in what his dad was doing. Like, mm-hmm. this is for everyone type of thing. 
other members of his family apparently are not of the yeah, same. Yeah, these these people are over here going to make great make gaming great again and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, are you the fuck? You're the fucking maga of gamers, and guess what? You're not welcome. Yeah, you're really not. Fucking and that's welcome. cool. I'm glad to see more conventions. Honestly, I would love it if I saw the same thing from Gen Con. Mm-hmm. If Gen Con was like, cool, guess what? Don't come here. Yeah, like, don't bring your fucking hate speech here. Because that, like, Origins is a night, like, people are going to say, like, we have is kind of, it's a, it's a convention that, honestly, it was, it's like on the, the downward end, but Gen Con is, if anything, still hitting its strongest strides yeah. and shit like that, especially with the resurgency of gaming. If someone of that level, like literally the biggest gaming convention in the world, basically threw their dick on the table and was like, cool, you're not welcome here. Yeah. Like that that's It would be nice to see that. That would be nice. I'm hoping It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I I'm hoping that it happens and it's not to be like mean or anything, but it's like to either show you to wake up and realize you can't you can't do this shit. Or just to be like, you know what, fuck you. Like, no, we don't want it. Yeah. So. I agree. But I thought that was a very interesting thing that, like... Because it it peaks its head. Every time that gaming starts to kind of get more popular again, you've got the new school versus the old school, and shit like this comes up, and it always kind of peaks its head a little bit more and a little bit more. This time it doesn't seem like it's peaking its head. It seems like a full-on spotlight is just being so like... right-wing yeah. Star Trek fans and shit that I really can't understand the existence I don't, of. I don't know how that even exists. Uh, I mean, we did just see the thing on IGN where... Mm. And I had already seen some article... Or, I mean, some replies back where people were getting shitty. Uh, Disney just uh, brought out a new Lego set. And it was the uh, Boba Fett's ship, which we all know what the name of Boba Fett's ships is. Uh, but in the marketing and on the packaging, they have decided to not go. They refer to it now as Boba Fett's ship, not by its actual name that was given to it. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's bullshit. And it's like, yeah, but that name is really fucked up. Like, it's really inflammatory and it's not necessary. Yeah, it's like, you don't... We all know what that ship means, and we all... Like, the ship itself, to see it and stuff, that's great. Do I need to know that it's referred to as that? Do it, Does anybody really need to refer to... Like, because now it's like... When you think about that and you see him catch somebody and put him on that ship, it's like very like, ooh. You know, kind of... Not great. So, like, I understand the reasoning. Like, it would be cool if they kind of like change the name, but I don't think they're going to, because honestly, like, it'd just be better just to not have a name for the ship. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that was another thing. Uh, like, group of people where it's like you know flaring up. Yeah. Like political views and you know type of shit, and I'm like, it's a fucking Lego set. God damn it, it's a fucking toy from a space fantasy movie. You fuckers. Like, it's vitally important to you that it must remain with its inflammatory name. Yeah, I, especially, this, crack, this cracks me up though, especially in Star Wars because Lucas is like the fucking king of like, oh, let's go ahead and change shit afterwards. Like, let's go and fuck with it and like, it's always ever changing and they're like, no, we want the thing, the original thing. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. 
Like, I don't know why you guys are all of a sudden surprised. Because, like, every fucking ten years he goes back and was like, nah, I want to change it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then they're like, oh, but Disney owns it. And I was like, first thing Disney did was basically Molotov cocktail that whole fucking universe. Mm -hmm. And you guys freaked. Like, but whatever. It's cool. They're fucking... Uh, I was watching a video earlier about Shrek, and they were talking about the Library of Congress. Star Wars was one of the first movies to be voted into the Library of Congress, but it's still not in there because George Lucas refuses to give them the original cut because you can only put the original cut of the movie in there. Yeah. And he's like, no, you can have the 97. That's the one that I want. And they're like, no, that's not how it works. And he's like, cool, then I'm not going to put it in there. <laughs> that and that's, that's, that's Lucas literally like throwing his dick on the table yeah. like, cool. It's like, it's my movie, I really don't give a fuck. Yeah. Do I need it to be in your library? Not really. Like, it's like, fuck it, Frankenfurter. Like, I didn't make it for you! Yeah! Like, Holy shit. George Lucas made Star Wars for George fucking Lucas, and he doesn't care. He doesn't care if you like it. He doesn't care if anybody likes it. Yep. He doesn't give a fucking fuck. And the fans worship him like he's the second coming. Don't get me started on Star Wars. No, I'm not. But it I'm just is, saying. But it is a thing. It's like... Jesus Christ, man, like... The big thing is, a lot of things, like... Uh, I understand having an issue with, like, trying to edit history. Mm-hmm. In some instances, there are certainly some things that we should not edit out of history that we need to learn from. But when it comes to shit that's, like, movies and TV shows and, and shit like that, I'm like, you know what, that doesn't matter nearly as much. Trust me, like... It's also a big thing about connotation in the sense of, like, do I need the bounty hunter's ship... Who goes and collects people and freezes them in carbonite and basically sells them back off to people like for the bounties? Do I need to have his ship called and free Slave you know, One? Slave One for the people who don't know who what the it's fuck? called. This, yeah. list, this doesn't contain no, yeah. Star Wars. But, sure, but, but the like, thing is, is like, do I really need that? Like, no, because like the Mandalorian, he's a fucking bounty hunter too. What's his ship called? Not Slave 2! Amistad? Yeah, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's not named any of the fucking, like, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria, or any of that shit. Like, fuck, come on, dude. Like, it's just not needed. There's been a ton of editing shows and, and things like that. When WWE moved the stuff to the Peacock Network, they oh, added, man, added they a had ton it. of shit they... that's inflammatory, like the Blackface fucking DX uh, Nation promo and shit like that. Stuff that was in extremely poor taste to begin with and never should have really been done. Yeah, I don't really have a problem with it. Even with Scrubs, like, I'm a huge Scrubs fan, and, like, I've, I've been listening to their podcast and I've talked about it before, but, like, there's a whole episode where, basically, it's Donald Faison, Zach Braff, and Bill Lawrence, the creator, just basically apologizing for, like, instances of blackface that they did in the show that, at the time, you know, they were never supposed to be inflammatory in the first place or anything like that. It was just, like, because they're best friends, like this swap thing was happening and they don't really see color and shit, but even they're like, you know, spent an hour talking about how shitty they feel about it and how he personally called like Amazon, Netflix, all of them and, and was like, I'm taking these things out. This wasn't like somebody called for this to happen. It was his own. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? As a creator of this and my name is on it and my friends, these actors and stuff like I need to just go ahead and remove this shit. Yeah. It wasn't necessary. It's not. It's not doing anything to the fucking you know quality of the show. 
And that that's fucking that's amazing away. actually considering a lot of the things that have happened with like, you know, other actors and mm-hmm. producers and directors that have been called on shit they've done in the past and stuff like that and only then do we get apologies and yeah. all this stuff. He was very preemptive in the sense of like I genuinely felt like this was bad. These were my friends. Mm-hmm. I don't feel right about this and stuff having made conversations with people of color and different things like that, I realize the errors of my way and it needs to go away. Like, you know, it needs to be like taken out in the sense of like, if now ever wants to be addressed, like, Hey, don't do that. That's one thing. But right. like, I'm not going to be like, ha ha ha, everybody laugh at the, the funny thing. Like, no, yeah. it needs to, it needs to go. It's away. called learning from your mistakes yeah. and improving the thing that you made. Art yeah. is ever changing. Like, yeah. And TV and movies are just as much art as a sculpture or a painting. Yeah. yeah. So. It's uh, yeah. If you if you see your mistake, do something proactively to co- yeah. correct that from you know being on the record forever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would want you to do it for being a good person, but I mean, in a little sense of a little spark up your ass, they will find out because nowadays there are motherfuckers that literally just live on their computers yeah. and search people's fucking history to find this shit and be like, look what this motherfucker did. Like they will. Your your MySpace, your Facebook, your Twitter, your fucking Instagram, Tumblr, doesn't matter what the fuck it is. Your fucking flip phone from two thousand and shit like that. They will find this shit the fuck out. Whatever like, fucked up thing you may have said will come back to haunt you. We've seen it so much lately. Yeah. But the thing is, like, when you're, like, in Bill Lawrence's case, when you're thinking about future generations of, you know, or people, like, that show the show to their kids because they were big fans or yeah. something, like, yeah, it's not really a kid-appropriate show, and most, but it's tame considering standards, yeah. but, like, you're going to get a new, a new generation of fans that never had to see this or mm-hmm. wouldn't look at it and be like, oh, I'm turned off by this, like, I don't know. Like, why did, then they start looking at you like, you yeah, thought this like, was funny? Yeah, like, what okay. the fuck like, were you? Like, shit. So why not... You know, take that out of there so that a new generation of fans that sees this mm. stuff is not going to do that. Mm. Do you really want your little kid in the toy store being like, Mom, I want sla- a slave ship. I want the fucking slave one. No. You don't want your kids to fucking be owning toys called Slave One? Not really, no. No, fuck <laughs> you, man. Yeah, like, no, no. Jesus Christ. I, uh, I don't know. Old cane-waving nerds... Uh, annoy me sometimes and i am one like Mm -hmm. not in the bad ways i mean i am old (laughs) and i remember all this shit from when i was a kid but i remember it in the respect of like but we're that we're like the old ones that were the young ones and giving the finger to the even older ones like don't be a fuck you know i remember it in the way like man i'm i'm glad that shit doesn't happen anymore like it's cool that we moved on i'm really impressed with the amount of progress we've made Mm mm-hmm you know, instead of being like, oh, I wish it was like in the old days. It sh- There's a great Scrubs joke where Kelso is talking about, oh, I wish it was like the old days. And Turk is like, you mean like, those were the good old days when a, a one man in my position could work hard his entire life so he could fulfill his dream of driving a white woman to get her groceries. Like, <laughs> fucking, there are still people, unfortunately, that exist that are like, yeah, those are the good old days. No, dumbass, they're not. <laughs> yeah, no, like, yeah. And that's the thing is like live, grow, and fucking evolve. Well, and like these are forms of entertainment. These are like things people do to escape the monotony and the like the just shittiness of life, whether yeah. it be TV, 
movies, games, stuff like that, they don't need to then get that same shit. Like, this is supposed to be their, like, happy time, and then people are like, oh, but no, it needs to be like this, you know? And it's like... Leave it in the racist and fucking yeah, awful like, shit. Like, no, fuck you. <laughs> this is supposed to be f- good for everyone. Now, if you and you piece of shit fucking motherfuckers want to have your own fucking white supremacist <laughs> campaign of D&D and cool, that all you motherfuckers, I'll kill the shit out of you bastards, um, but like, do that at your house and shit like that. Don't be going to the fucking local game store and being like, wow. No intergenered fucking elves. Like, who gives a shit? Jesus Christ. I don't know. I'm done with it. I've I've heard enough of this dumbass ended shit for one day. No, we're about exactly at an hour, so oh, we're, shit. we're in. Boy, we're really on our fucking toes tonight. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I think it uh, is it time to do the wrap up, buddy. Yeah, I think it is. Have to do the monkey, monkey, do monkey the dance. Damn. Well, if you like what you heard this week on the Basement Fodder Podcast, you can, of course, find us at our network home of digitalnerdage.com. You can find our website, thebasementofdoom.wordpress.com. Or, of course, you can find us on any of the myriad social medias at Instagram and Twitter. We are at Basement Fodder on Facebook. I am Todd Dave. He's Dave Basement of Doom. And Ariel is Ariel Beach. And we are in all those wonderful places you can find to download and listen to podcasts. It's a place like... Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, iTunes, anywhere you can download a podcast just about, you can download an episode uh, featuring our dulcet tones. And my God, uh, if you have a little extra time and extra money uh, to go check it out, a friend of the show, J.R. Mounts, has got a Kickstarter campaign. There's about 40 days left, and it's kind of one of those extra long ones, which will give you plenty of time. But he's doing a great book uh, of the series of illustrations and paintings that he did called Shadows of Ourselves, which are really amazing. Yeah. And uh, JR is one of the coolest guys uh, that we've ever gotten to interview for the Todd Files. He's a brilliantly talented musician and author. Um, he wrote the Fried Pickle Noir books, which are fucking hilarious if you're into that. He's actually doing a, a new one uh, called The Codfather uh, that's related to this. It's the yeah. mafia-based one. So yeah. the guy is is uh, charming and, and very funny. And the series is, itself is basically uh, talks about the duality of things and like what you see and what things really are. Mm-hmm. And like it'll be like for you know a scene there. of two people talking and then the, and the shadows they're thinking about how much they're in love. You know, just the 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 inner thoughts interplayed in shadows. It's really a brilliant series. It's yeah. gotten a ton of amazing outpouring of support. Um, and he sold a lot of prints and paintings and things like that because of it. And so he's collected all of these things into a book and it's on Kickstarter right now. You can get it on uh, a soft copy edition, or like I did, you can go for the hardcover edition, which I think is a starting price plan of uh, 45 which is really not bad at all considering it's an independently produced hardback book. So if you're into that sort of thing, check that out on Kickstarter. It is it is live for the next 40 or so days. By the time this show goes up, there'll still be at least a month left. So <laughs> yeah, if you've got the time and inclination, please check that out. Until next time, from the basement, I'm Todd. I'm Dave. And I'm playing with a Pokeball. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, the basement door is closed. Later, bitches.